WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. So by now, the news of Carson Wentz being traded is out there. Uh, everyone has had their suspicions and their feelings about this trade and how it went down. I think it's kind of important that we start to take a little bit of a dive into why it happened. For some people who are still trying to understand why the Colts made this decision to cut Carson Wentz or to trade him rather after just one full season with Indianapolis. I, at first I think I want to say that I was one of those people that thought there wasn't uh, a reason to question Carson Wentz. Now for that, I will say I was wrong. Um, I apparently a lot of people know something about what happened rather than me. And we're about to get into this article that explains a little bit more. Uh, Zach Kiefer from The Athletic uh, posted an article today. When, by the time this video gets out, it'll probably be a day or two after. But either way, he posted an article talking about how several people inside the organization have told him and others that there was a lot more to this decision than what your average fan would actually know. So... Just to kind of put it bluntly and to start it out, really, this did not, uh, this decision did not come down to the final two weeks of this season. There's a lot more that went into it than that. Um, and that's the first line of Zach Kiefer's article. So I ensure, so I would encourage you to check that out if you haven't already. Yeah, we, we don't want to like, you know, we want people to go, you know, subscribe to The Athletic. It's a dollar. Like, do it. Yeah, go support Zach. Yeah. It's great stuff. We're not going to cover everything in this article. So we, Right. So, yeah, there is a, he basically talks a little bit about the deal and what went down and everything. So, uh, we'll just, we'll skip over those details. But I think the biggest thing that we can look at here right off the top is from what he stated is that the issues with Wentz stretched all the way back before the season even started. There were some people in the building that, de that grew frustrated. With And I'm quoting here, basically, uh, one source said over and over through the course of the year that people grew frustrated at what seemed to be a lack of leadership, a resistance to hard coaching, and a reckless style of play, which had a role in several close losses this year. So yep. all things that, you know, seemed inevitable and uh, especially the play style thing. But, you know, there were... There were people questioning this off the top, uh, Cody, and you know, you and I, we were willing to look past that at first because we thought that was more of a Philadelphia thing. We thought that was kind of a kind of an issue. Well, I mean, it's it sounds like 
there was there might have been some truth to some of that, what was being said. I mean, I mean, a lot of uh, even some Colts podcasters were even mentioning that from the beginning of the year, and it turns out that there might have been some more merit to it than what we originally thought. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that all this is now coming out. I mean, Zach is saying it. Other Colts podcasters have said it. People have said it. Now the national media is grabbing onto that narrative. The Colts haven't said it, but do you think there's actual merit to that being said, that lack of leadership, resistance to hard coaching, and the play style being bad? I mean, 100%. I think it's just very accurate to Carson Wentz. Like, and I think the thing, to be fair to us, you know, we trusted in, in Frank Reich and his ability, you know, to do that and his relationship with Carson Wentz. Now, it was interesting because I was listening to Kevin Bowen's podcast, um, his kind of emergency pod that he had on, uh, on Carson, this Carson Wentz trade. And, you know, I thought he brought up a really good point that, like, Frank Reich knew Carson Wentz when he was like a rookie in his first and second years. He had three or four years where they didn't, you know, they weren't together, right? So I think that has some merit to it. Carson Wentz kind of seems like uh, over the years, he kind of seems like he's, he's got a little bit of an ego. Whether or not he, like, says it, you know, publicly, like, I think publicly he's a good person. But, like, you know, I just think, like, he's just one of those guys stuck in his ways. And he's a guy that's never, unfortunately, and it feels like the Colts kind of came to the spot where they're like, he's never going to take the criticism. He's never going to do anything different. And so we don't want to be tied to a quarterback that, frankly, like the word was reckless, right? And I don't blame them one bit. You know, like it's kind of like the whole idea of like, you know, I think you talked about it, Derek, in in the live stream. It's kind of like the whole idea of like a relationship. Like if it's not working, you'd rather end it then and know than extend it another year or another, you know, give it another couple weeks or whatever it is, you know, in a relationship. You'd rather end it there if it's not working out. For the long term, it's going to help you out. Now, immediately, it might suck, right? It might be like, man, I don't have anybody or I don't have the person that, and you rem- it can be very easy in a relationship and maybe even here to remember some of the good times, right? Because Carson Wentz had some good moments for sure last year with the Colts, right? And so it can be easy to remember those moments and be like, man, I wish we wouldn't have done that. But I think in the long term, him and just where the Colts were as a team and as an organization, what they wanted, Versus what Carson Wentz was, it just didn't work. Like he just didn't mesh there, right? You know that it just felt like sometimes, you know, with the criticism, like I feel like Frank Reich and this coaching staff, they can be very critical, right? And they should be very critical. I mean, this is a quarterback for goodness sakes, and the fact that Carson couldn't take that criticism well, even with Frank Reich, I mean, it just kind of tells you. I don't think he's going to change as a player. He's a little. He's probably too headstrong at this point if he's not willing to change now even with the new, you know, we thought it was Philadelphia. And I do think to some degree it probably was with you know, the Philly media and stuff, but also it's Carson. Like, and I said this, Derek, you remember this, you can, you can confirm this. I said this at the beginning of the last off season, when the Colts made the trade, I said, if Carson Wentz does not work out with the Indianapolis Colts, it is not on the Indianapolis Colts. It is on Carson Wentz. And that's exactly what happened. It's not a Colts thing. It's a Carson Wentz thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Kiefer mentioned a couple times in this article that people have said that Carson Wentz was never the right fit. And even in some words, some people were saying that if Wentz wasn't the quarterback, that this little late season collapse that they had may not have actually happened at all. So, you know, throwing some serious shade there at Wentz's ability to not only play, but you know, to lead this team to what they were wanting to do. 
And, yeah. I mean, I even think they said in the uh, – I know Ari uh, on Twitter basically mentioned this, and I think it was like part of the headline of this article. You know, there was – there are points where Carson this offseason, right after the season ended, wanted to talk with Colts owner Jim Ursay to clear the air and try to get an understanding of where things were at. Supposedly, Jim Ursay declined to even talk to him. Well, so- okay. I, I want to clarify because I think he didn't have the full, you know, it, the article was updated. Basically, he couldn't talk to him because he was on vacation, but he did end up talking to him. So that was kind of a, a false thing there. Um, he did end up talking to him. He just didn't talk to him in that moment. Just right. to clarify. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Frank Reich, you know, obviously stated in the presser at the Combine, you know, I stuck my neck out for Carson Wentz. You know, I gave hope to Ursay and to Ballard that I can make this work. and stated that Frank was having to basically apologize to the owner of the Colts for saying, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I thought I could make this work, and apparently I couldn't. So, you know, just really went to show you that throughout the season, it really went to show you just how little trust they had in him at the end of the season from what they were getting from the whole picture. And, you know, we were talking about – uh, Frank Reich at the end of the season was stating several times that the Colts didn't have a good offensive game plan. A lot of times they got stagnant because they didn't have a good offensive passing game plan. I wonder how much of that was a result of the rifting relationship between Reich and, and Wentz. I mean, I know that those two personally are on a great note, but again, your personal relationship and what you do in business a lot of times is completely different. And when we know that trust is getting lost there on the business side, I I don't want to throw accusations out there because I don't know, but it it makes me wonder it did, did Reich like not purposefully, but like sometimes ignore putting uh, Wentz in the right spot because he just didn't have much trust in him. Or did he, did he ignore holding Wentz accountable? That's my question. I think he did. I think he honestly did. It seems very like, you know, because Jim Ursay, I mean, he was very upset. Like he said, we've allowed and I've allowed doubt, fear, and a lack of faith to slip into our DNA, and it will not stand, you know? And he also even said, like, we want more warriors. And it's pretty obvious that Carson Wentz was not one of those warriors. So, I mean, I think Jim Ursay basically said, Frank, I think he called him out. I do feel like he called him out and said, Frank, you didn't hold Carson accountable, and that needs to change. Whatever that looks like. You know, obviously, I don't think the Colts had made a decision yet because it was right after the season. Emotions were high. But I don't think Frank, honestly, did enough for Carson. Like, he, he didn't hold him accountable. And who knows? Maybe he tried, and Carson didn't respond well to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have all the details, but it seems like it's one of those two scenarios there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it could have been a combination of both. You know, maybe yeah, uh, Mike did it, uh, you know, wanted to do a little bit of ignoring uh, what was going on and also kind of just ignoring the game plan to revolve around Wentz because he just didn't feel like doing it. You know, maybe there was a point in that. Again, we don't know this, but we're just kind of basing it off of what we're reading. And, you know, going off of what we know now, the Colts traded away Carson Wentz without a clear plan B to be set into place, right? I mean, we're quarterbackless at this point. Uh, the, the only quarterback we have on the roster to fill that spot is our six-round draft pick from the 2021 class, Sam Ellinger, who was a rookie yep. last year. So it really went to show you 
and Kiefer mentioned this as well, really goes to show you just how determined the Colts were to get rid of Wentz. If you're willing to give up the only real quarterback you have on the roster without a clear plan B in mind, that that just goes to show you they had they knew they were going to get rid of him. It was just a matter of when. Yeah, it has to have gone beyond football. Like at this point, like you just don't get rid of a quarterback. Like I know Wentz had his moments where he was bad, like especially the last you know couple weeks of the season. But like you know, I feel like if he had the right mindset, and if the Colts felt like he was stood for all the things they stood for, right, and like they respected him as a player, they wouldn't have traded him. They would have at least stuck it out another year. That's why we were saying, why are you going to cut him? Right? Why are you going to trade him? You know, he didn't, he was not great, but he was, you know, who else are you going to get? That was our argument. You remember like only a few weeks ago, but it's obvious that they didn't believe in Carson as the leader. And because if you don't believe in the guy, the quarterback as your leader, I don't care how talented he is. He's not the guy to lead you. And I think that's just kind of what it is, Derek. They just did not believe in Carson as the leader, maybe as the guy, as a human, great, great person. But as the leader of your football team, when players like Philip Rivers, players like Andrew Luck, heck, even players like Jacoby Brissett rose at the occasion, Carson Wentz, what did he do? He shrunk in the situation. He didn't rise up and he didn't take leadership. And if your quarterback's not going to do that, you don't want him as your quarterback. I mean, I think it's just as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it really does go to show just, again, how much that they wanted him out because and it, it's incredible the value that uh, Chris Ballard got out of uh, Carson Wentz with the way they were talking. I mean, you have mentioned it to me several times. You've mentioned it to me several times, and I haven't really listened to or grasped just how important it is. You mentioned Philip Rivers when he uh, officially retired from the NFL. That few weeks prior, they were saying, we want Philip Rivers to be back. We think that if we can bring him back and we improve this team just a little bit more, we think we got a, a... potential contender here and then you know you look at the difference here and you know not only are were they unwilling to commit to Carson Wentz going forward after the season immediately after the season ended they went against their own philosophy and were adamantly saying that they don't know still whether or not they're going to keep him around you know I mean and, and again shows the remarkableness of Chris Ballard even exposing his hand and was still able to get that much draft capital out of Carson Wentz. I mean, from what I was reading, uh, it sounded like Washington originally was only going to give Indianapolis a fourth and a sixth for Carson Wentz. That was it. But then the Russell Wilson deal fell in, and they had they got really desperate, and then they started picking up the trade talks, and it they started to ask for a little bit more. And again, Ballard and his magic being able to somehow convince Washington to take all that contract and to still get draft capital out of it. It just goes to show you, man, I I don't, there's not a whole lot more I've taken from this article. Did you have anything from it that you saw that I haven't mentioned yet? No, I mean, I think we covered most of it, you know, like, you know, just talking about like, man, Carson Wentz must really not have been a good leader last year for the Colts to go this drastic. Um, But no, it was interesting. Like, we never thought that any team that the Colts traded, you know, Carson Wentz to would take on that huge contract. It's actually quite amazing that at the end of this, Derek, you know, the Colts gave away what a first ended up being a first and a third. And then now they're going to recover. They're going to get a third round pick this year. 
And they're, they're going to Washington second. second. They're, they're going to get a better second round pick this year mm-hmm. and potentially another second next year. So actually, it's not that bad. You know, it when wasn't you think terrible. And then on top of it, for Washington to take that contract. Yeah. And now you have able to now you have the most 70.5. You have the that's most cap in the NFL by a wide margin. I mean, that's yep. incredible because now. I mean, we, we'll talk about it in the next – we'll talk about it. We've either talked about it in a previous video. Not sure if this one's getting up before the video that we did or not. Um, but we're we, in another video, we'll talk about the, um, the quarterback situation and where the Colts go from there. But now, even though you don't have a quarterback, you feel much better about we got more money now. We can now start to – we have a much more direct path on what we think we can do from this point forward. Uh, so yeah, a great read here, guys. Uh, if you're gonna, if you want to check out this article by Zach Kiefer, we highly encourage you to do it. Like we said, we we we've basically covered the majority of it. But if you want to know a little bit more of the fine details, uh, yeah, there's a lot there's more a lot in there. more fine details in there that we haven't exactly mentioned. But again, it was a good read. You know, again, it, it really opened it opened my eyes uh, a lot because you know I was kind of blinded to the idea that there was some kind of leadership or lack of coaching boundary there you know judging by you know the players reactions obviously they all respected uh Carson Wentz at least they say that out loud uh on social media and everything else but yeah I mean apparently you know the player relationship was good there but you know when it came to the coaches and the management and the owner obviously Carson Wentz just was not getting the job done so That's going to do it for this one, guys. Let us know your thoughts on this article and what it says about Carson Wentz. Either way, we're moving on. You know, it's time to look for that next big thing for Indianapolis, and we certainly hope that it'll work out for us. Thank you guys again so much for the continued support. Greatly appreciate it. And as always, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.